Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Uplift Fit Nutrition Radio. I am over the moon excited because today I have Dr. Mark Ivaniski, who is, oh my gosh, you guys, I started following him probably like a year back, and he is just a wealth of information, shares incredible graphics. I'm just so happy that he is here to share his expertise and knowledge. And today we are going to get nitty gritty and nerdy all about leaky gut and intestinal permeability. But for now, Dr. Mark, can you tell my listeners who you are and what you do? Hi, Lacey. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Dr. Mark Ivanitsky. I'm a naturopathic doctor and licensed acupuncturist. Um, I'm in New York State. I'm licensed out of California. So naturopathic doctors, we're trained in primary care with focus on functional medicine and natural health, but we're licensed kind of differently in each state. Um, so I have a practice here in New York. I actually have work remotely from California as well as here in New York, um, working with different doctors. But actually just started started with a new clinic in Long Island, which is exciting, the uh, New York Center of Innovative Medicine. So um, yeah, so that's uh, basically me. I, my practice is kind of all over the place, but I work with a lot of chronic disease. Um, I love working with gut health and, and uh, educating around gut health. I work with autoimmune patients, um, chronic disease. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of me in a nutshell. I love it. And New York, talk about restrictions on medicine. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's kind of, well, see, I, I was in California where it's it's like open and uh, this type of medicine is just really embraced by everybody. And here in New York, it's really the opposite. So I kind of did a 180 and came to a very different environment. But, it's you know, I think I think it's 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 more it's more wanted in the underground and it's and it's growing in, in popularity here on the East Coast. Um, people have a craving for this type of medicine and this type of um, approach to health. So I'm excited to can be pioneering here on the East Coast in a way. I love it. Yes. Let's spread functional medicine throughout the world. Root cause, please. Yes. So today we are going to talk all about intestinal permeability, a.k.a. leaky gut. So commonly called leaky gut, not really a specific disease state, more an of an explanation of how our gut barrier is working. So Dr. Mark, what is quote unquote leaky gut and why does it matter? Yeah. So leaky gut is what happens when the gut kind of, so the gut lining is meant to be like a zipper. You can think of it as a zipper all the way from your mouth to, to your anus. It's just, it should be closed. It should be all zipped up and it kind of keeps the contents of your gut from interacting with the contents of your body. So it kind of creates this kind of barrier from the external world. And there's a lot going on in the barrier. A lot of really fascinating things are happening. The immune system, large percentage of the immune system is living right at that barrier. And it kind of tastes the outside world. It kind of says, okay, well, what's going on out there? Who are the, who are the pathogens? Who are the bad guys? Let's, let's get a feel for what's out there and then give that information to the immune system. But let's keep it really, really separate. Let's keep it separate and keep it tight. Um, so that we, you know, we can have a strong immune system and, and not have to be dealing with those, those pathogens. What happens in leaky gut is you can think of the zipper unzipping. Uh, the zipper kind of gets unzipped and all of a sudden all this stuff that was kept on the outside gets pouring in and we get increased inflammation. We get increased access to all these, all these bugs that were, were kept at bay. Now they're, now they're interacting with our immune system. And so what what we're finding now in a lot of studies and, and researchers are into this area are finding that this is a cause of a lot of chronic inflammation and could be the ma the most major cause of chronic inflammation that we have and so people are then getting exposed to this 
under underground of, of low level of inflammation and sometimes even high level inflammation and it's causing autoimmune disease it's leading to metabolic syndrome it's even being linked to neuro, neurodegenerative diseases alzheimer's parkinson's i mean pretty, pretty much across the board every disease chronic disease state they're finding that this this leaky gut barrier is is a huge underlying cause of uh of those conditions so finding why it's happening uh, in each in each particular patient, why it's happening, and ways we can we can t we can zip up the zipper back again and address the 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 gut lining is really really important, and it's a really exciting kind of cutting edge uh, frontier for uh, functional medicine. I'm so pumped because people used to well quote unquote clinicians used to say, oh, leaky gut doesn't exist. And I was like, it's literally in the literature. <laughs> Heightened yeah. intestinal permeability increases your risk for immune responses, contracting different parasites and overgrowth and increases lipopolysaccharides. So mm -hmm. zipper approach, I love that. I like to say it's kind of like a door. We want the good guys to come in and the bad guys to stay out. But when mm -hmm. we have this quote unquote leaky gut, we have the good guys and the bad guys coming into our bloodstream and then our fire alarms going off. And our body's like, hey, hey, there's somebody in our body. And we have that heightened immune response, whether it's undigested food, bacteria, funguses, toxins, endogenous or exogenous. And that, of course, causes a ricochet effect in our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned LPS. LPS is, is one of the main metabolites that's being studied um, across the board. So LPS or lipopolysaccharide is uh, kind of a sugar fatty molecule that lives on gram-negative bacteria in the gut and it's super 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 inflammatory um, and your body wants to keep it out it wants to keep it in the gut it doesn't want it anywhere near the inside of our body but with leaky gut it comes pouring in it comes pouring into the into the into the body into the bloodstream and it raises all sorts of alarms in the body like you said and uh, inflammation goes up and it's and it, and it makes its way all over the body it makes its way into the brain makes its way into the lungs i mean they're finding they're finding cases with um, with COVID even patients who have elevated um, LPS or, or who have uh, elevated LPS. They're finding it in the lungs. They're finding that it's, it's underlying cause of inflammation in the lungs. Um, they're finding it in the brain. They're finding it everywhere. So um, it's super super important. And in super high levels, it causes endotoxemia. Basically, the, all the organs begin to shut down uh, and and can lead to death. But in these low level uh, low level background chronic inflammation, it causes uh, so much havoc in the body, and so um, really the only only way to to combat that is to to start healing and repairing the leaky gut and making sure that the LPS is is kept out of of the system. And there are so many different strategies and ways to do that, um, but um, yeah, it's it's a really big problem. Let's first talk about what causes heightened intestinal permeability and leaky gut because we can throw all the supplements on the mix but if we mm -hmm. don't fix the root cause we're not going to heal it yeah yeah so there's there are a lot of really important root causes that that can lead to uh increased intestinal permeability or leaky gut one of the main ones that a lot of people don't really talk about um a lot and i was actually just at a conference with um dr uh with dave asprey and dr per uh, perlmutter i don't know if you're familiar with dr perlmutter um, he's like the, the brain, the functional brain guru, and he gave a whole lecture just on stress and how stress, uh, increased levels of cortisol actually leads to the breakdown of the gut barrier. Um, and so just increasing st stress levels can do that and it releases the LPS into the stream. So stress is definitely a huge, huge contributor. And, you know, it's, it's such a big player in every, in, in our lives right now. Everyone's dealing with stress, especially now with, with lockdown and COVID stress has gone through the roof. 
So figuring out ways to manage stress and, and deal with stress is huge. Um, some other things that can cause it, uh, different medications can do it. Uh, certain NSAIDs uh, can, can lead to the breakdown of the gut lining. Um, pathogens or any kind of microbial uh, imbalance in the gut can actually lead to that as well. So dysbiosis in the gut can, can do that. Nutrient deficiency, especially vitamin A and vitamin D, those have been really studied to, to break down the, the lining of the gut and uh, increase uh, permeability. Toxins, heavy metals. That's, a, that's those are another big you know big ones. Glyphosate uh, in our food supply, toxic metals, heavy metals, mercury. Those things um, from food, from water, from dental amalgams, they break down the the gut and can can lead to increased permeability. Um, alcohol is another big one. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that alcohol does break down the gut, makes it makes it more permeable. Uh, gluten. Gluten is another big one. Everyone talks about gluten-free, gluten-free diets and why they're so important. And one of the main reasons is because it does contribute to this leaky, leaky gut, um, increased intestinal permeability. Food allergies and intolerances also can do it. So um, if you have a specific food allergy or intolerance, um, it can lead to leaky gut, but it's almost like a chicken and egg situation where if you have a leaky gut, you're more susceptible to increased food intolerances and allergies, and then also food out intolerances and allergies can lead to leaky gut. So it's kind of chicken egg, you know, trying to trying to see which one kind of came first and in, in, in certain individuals can be difficult. But what I find is if you work on the diet and work on eliminating those inflammatory foods and the gut starts healing, a lot of people with food allergies and sensitivities, those kind of go away because they're no longer being exposed to those foods that are increasing that inflammation in their body. So those are those are kind of the big guns, uh, major causes um, that people need to be aware of. Um, that uh, that leads to leaky gut. I'm so glad you mentioned the stress connection because people totally disregard this and they also disregard the fact that they're stressed. A lot of people don't recognize that they're stressed until they're no longer stressed. <laughs> so yeah. we're in day, 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 um, you know, trying to get everything done and pouring out of our cup, just trying to get through the day. And unfortunately, that can create chronic inflammation. Whether it's yeah. under eating, over exercising, super mm -hmm. stressed about a marriage, or even past trauma, that mm -hmm. can greatly increase your risk for heightened intestinal permeability. And then, of course, it becomes, again, a cascade of events for ourselves. So I'm so glad yeah. you talked about that. And then, you guys, when it comes down to SIBO, candida, any dysbiosis or overgrowth, that in itself not only will cause further bacterial overgrowth that then increases those lipopolysaccharides even further, but then decreases you from being able to digest and absorb your foods. And then you're looking at nutrition deficiencies. Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 totally, 100%. Um, those dysbiosis you mentioned, the overgrowth of bacteria, overgrowth of funguses, uh, different parasites, they can all um, contribute to, to that increased um, permeability. It becomes such a, a hard, hard circle to try and fix. And then the downside is what I see a lot is, and I hate saying it, but I see a lot of dietitians and clinicians try to fix SIBO or try and fix candida, try to fix these gut issues. And then they're not supporting the diet and the person with adequate amounts of prebiotics and fiber that mm -hmm. help to support our gut lining. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends on on the individual case, but a lot of times, sometimes you know, the 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 overgrowth or the or the dysbiosis is so severe that you really need a you really need a. It's kind of like the weeds, the overgrowth of, of your garden. You, you know, you can't start planting new new 
new uh, plants until you kind of get rid of the overgrowth. So um, I do like to, to in certain cases, work on overgrowth first, kind of getting away at those bugs and trip, chipping away at the overgrowth, and then working on rebuilding um, those keystone species, probiotic species, and helping with uh, prebiotic, feed, feed those with, with prebiotics. You know, I, I really like working with spore-based uh, probiotics. I find they're super effective. I love, uh, you know, the Megaspore brand uh, uh, of products. I think they're, you know, they're very extremely well-researched and, you know, kind of the pioneers in, in probiotics. So I definitely work with those products um, to help rebuild the gut. And um, yeah, like you mentioned, increasing foods and working with diet is super, super important too. A lot of the, the, the um, diets that work on treatments for these overgrowth are, you know, they, they're meant to be temporary, like low FODMAPs or SCD diet. You know, a lot of people kind of take them on as lifestyles when, you know, they should be meant more as um, as kind of short-term treatments to kind of get the overgrowth down while you're kind of working on rebuilding the gut and strengthening the gut lining um, and then working on a, a really good, healthy, um, you know, baseline. I, you know, I, for, for diet, I love, I love the paleo diet as kind of my baseline. I've seen it to work the best for just the majority of patients. You know, some, some patients are going to do better on, on on a different diet and you know i'm not opposed to that if they're if they're healthy and they're doing well but for me what i've noticed with patients that, that the paleo type type diets tend to be the most um healing and the most long-term benefit for for gut health so yeah I love that you mentioned spore-based probiotics because I love them so much. Now, can you tell my, my listeners basically what a spore-based probiotic is and how it's different than their normal day-to-day probiotic? Yeah. So, you know, it's a different kind of class of probiotic. You know, typically when you think of probiotics, you think of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Those are the, mm-hmm. those are, those are the, the probiotics that are found in a lot of fermented foods and a lot of the probiotics that are on the market. And, you know, a lot of the criticism around those is when you take those in capsule form, a lot of the, they're, they're not, they're not live, you know, they're, they're basically, a lot of them are dead, uh, depending on what, what company you use and how, if they're refrigerated or not. So they're not, um, there's, there are studies that, that, that show that potentially even dead, they're still providing some benefit for the body, some really good information, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're not, they're not, um, potentially showing as, as effective as, um, spore-based probiotics. And spore-based probiotics are, are probiotics that develop basically a really hard spore-like shell around them. And then they become resistant to the acids and digestive enzymes of the gut and can make their way down further into the small intestine <clears throat> and to the large intestine where you want them. They, they basically form these protective shields that make their, and then they make their way down into the, into the colon and then they, they land in the, in the fertile ground of the colon and they basically spring to life. And then they um, they they grow out, and these are more of the bacillus uh, strains of probiotics. And these guys uh, have been studied to really provide kind of an anchor for for the rest of the whole gut. They provide an anchor for the different probiotics. Uh, they provide anchor for the lactobacillus and bifidobacter um, uh, species, and they increase keystone species like uh, Acromantia and F. Parthenia, which are species that act as keystone kind of guardians of, of the whole gut. And they increase those those really important um, species, which then increase uh, something known as butyrate, which is a really important short chain fatty acid, which leads to decreased inflammation in the gut, which leads to um, you know it, it provides food for the enterocytes for the gut. And there are a lot of studies showing that it decreases uh, risk of colon cancer and cardiovascular disease. So 
Butyrate's a really important metabolite of these really important keystone species that the spore-based probiotics help to kind of rebuild. So, yeah, I really love I really love them. I, I think there's a place for the other the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, um, but I tend to, as a treatment, use more of those spore-based probiotics. I love me spore-based probiotics. I like to think of them as the best fertilizer yeah. in our in our field of flowers in our gut. So mm-hmm. love those. And then Saccharomyces boulardii is my best friend too. Mm-hmm. Really good for helping to heal and seal the gut. Also anti-parasitic, anti-yeast, anti-H. Mm-hmm. pylori. So I feel yeah. like they're – and also tag-teaming both. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've – heard Dr. Ruscio talk about that, but like Megaspore and Espilardi being fantastic to help with some really chronic SIBO cases. Yep. 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 I, I love Espilardi. Um, I think it's super, super important. Um, yeah, like you said, for H. pylori, I use it in my treatments for H. pylori. Um, it's a really important um, uh, probiotic. And um, yeah, it's one that's not really talked about as much, but yeah, it's, it's super, super important. And I, and I love that one too. And you mentioned the prebiotics, which I'm super happy about. And that's why I mentioned, you guys, I'm not a fan of low fat mop low FODMAP diets because they deplete you of these short-chain fatty acids that help to fuel the maintenance and the repair of your intestinal lining. Yeah. Um, so we talked about those. Other things that I personally love, love me some bovine immunoglobulins, so cholesterol. For those Mm -hmm. that don't know, cholesterol is the first bit of milk that's produced by a cow when it gives birth. And I know super strange, super weird, but it is very high in lactoferrin, antibodies, um, and immunoglobulins that really support the immune system and help to maintain and heal that gut lining. So love that. Glutamine, butyrate, you can actually take that exogenously, though I do prefer, of course, getting it from prebiotic-rich foods and short-chain fatty acids, but mm-hmm. love those, and zinc carnosine. So do you have any other yeah. favorites? Those are those are big ones. Yeah, those I really love those. I really love um, colostrum for healing the gut, increasing secretory IgA. You know, I run a lot of uh, GI maps with patients, and GI maps are... Yeah, there's stool tests. And, you know, across the board, pretty much everyone's like super low on secretory IgA. And it's it's the really important antibody that provides a, a defensive barrier against uh, all sorts of uh, bad guys and pathogens in the gut. So we really need that those levels to be nice and high. And most people are just super tanked on those, especially people who are having symptoms and have, of, you know, dysbiosis or SIBO or, or um, IBS. So we want to get those up, and colostrum is a really great way to do that. It's one of my favorite ways to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I love everything you mentioned, zinc, carnosine, glutamine, collagen peptides, bone broth. You know, working on um, working on the underlying uh, dysbiosis, if there is any. You know, I, I do I do like low FODMAPs as a treatment. You know, I won't I won't do it all the time. I'll do it you know short courses to kind of get the inflammation down and get the the numbers numbers down, and then work on some of the other things we talked about. Um, but I do I do use it sometimes with with patients. It's difficult. It's a, not a super easy diet to do, but it is effective uh, in the short run. Um, but yeah, those are those are my uh, my go tos. There, working on uh, I do use some food allergy testing sometimes to see. Uh, I don't find that to be super, super helpful in in, in um, really advanced cases of of dysbiosis and and leaky gut, but it can give some good information. You know, I've seen some, you know, I would say a handful of cases where one or two items just pops out of nowhere, and you're like, whoa, what is that food? Let's let's remove that, and then things really do start improving. Um, so um, yeah, those are working on heavy metals and 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 chelating those out. If someone has um, 
someone has a lot of dental amalgams, um, what winds up happening there is they're, they're constantly swallowing low levels of heavy metals into the back of their throat, and that makes its way into the gut, and it definitely disturbs the, the permeability, increases leaky gut, can lead to all kinds of over, overgrowth and dysbiosis. So if someone has, you know, the mouth is super important. It's the, it's the first it's the first part of the gut, you know, it's, it's the entryway to the gut. So if someone has some really chronic infections or chronic, uh, if they have some heavy metals in their mouth, they really need to treat that too. So working with a good biological dentist is super, super important uh, if someone's dealing with a lot of these um, chronic gut dysbiosis. I'm so glad you mentioned that, especially chronic dysbiosis, because I, at least I have worked with a lot of different people that have come to me from different providers and they're like, okay, I cannot bring my secretory IgA up. I cannot heal my gut. Why can I do it? I've gone through all these antimicrobials and all these different protocols. And I'm like, well, we haven't gotten to your root cause or your root cause <clears throat> is and those fillings, your oral health all that could be a cause. You're looking at, of course, other endocrine disruptors and mold. Mold is mm -hmm. a huge demon to completely deplete your entire immune system. So I'm so glad you mentioned those fillings because that's something that a lot of people don't know of. And some people don't even know what the fillings are in, in their like mouth. They don't even know what they're composed of, which is scary yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, that's super important. You know, everything that's going in the mouth uh, is going to be affecting the gut. And then um, you mentioned mold. Mold is a really big one. Um, mold mycotoxins can actually also interfere with the gut lining and increase permeability. Um, so, you know, working with, with mold, detoxifying your home from mold if you have, uh, if you're in a water damaged building is super, super important. Um, that's, that's definitely a huge, huge contributing factor. And my listeners already know I shared my mold story. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I have been there, done that, completely caused havoc on my entire body. That will give you leaky gut. Now, I want to give you, my listeners, some hope. If you have leaky gut, as long as you are fixing the root cause, you're focusing on stress reduction, you're supporting your immune system, supporting your microbiota, you can heal. But yeah. it will take time and patience. And I have seen people go night and day from having every single food that they eat possibly causing them a reaction to be able to finally add back in all the foods that they love, but over time. Yep. Yep. Totally. It's definitely, uh, the gut is really one of the areas of the body that is, um, constantly, uh, having turnover. There are stem cells in your gut that are constantly providing new cells and regenerating. It's one of the most regenerative parts of the body, uh, other than the liver, which is super, super regenerative, but the gut is heals. You know, you know, you have a new, I forget ex the exact number of days, but you have a new, entirely new gut lining within, within a very short amount of time. Um, so it's not like, uh, you know, this is a, a sentence for the rest of your life. It, the gut is, is very, very um, forgiving. And so once you work on treating those underlying causes and work on healing the gut, um, things improve and, and your systemic health will improve. You know, your, your inflammatory burden will go down and your health will start really improving overall. So you mentioned, of course, in the past, you talked about a little bit about short-chain fatty acids. We talked about butyrate, some things we can add in to help with intestinal permeability. You also mentioned the paleo diet. So for you, what are your thoughts on what is the best quote-unquote diet for a healthy microbiome? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I I do love the paleo diet as a baseline. You know, it's it's a paleolithic diet. It's, it's you know, supposedly the diet that we've evolved 
with the, the longest and our body is, is most used to, it understands these foods the best, you know, some people do better. Um, some people can handle uh, just baseline through their genetics and through their body can handle more, more grains and more dairy and, and things like that. But for the majority of people, what I find um, is that eating a diet in healthy uh, meats and vegetables and fruit and nuts um, and avoiding um, grains, legumes, um, and dairy, sugar, processed foods, um, is super, super healing for the gut. Now, you know, with the legumes, that's a little bit of a controversial one. I know uh, legumes have a lot of really great fiber and prebiotics, uh, for the gut. And I, and I love legumes. Um, what I find though, is that you really need to be a little bit healthier, um, and you have a really strong gut in order to tolerate legumes, um, you know, more, more efficiently. So, uh, it's not, it's not an it's not my baseline dietary recommendations. Like I mentioned, the, the more stricter kind of paleo, paleolithic diet is, is really what I tend to gravitate towards with patients. And then, and then I say, once you're nice and, and healthy and your guts, you're not responding, you can eat food, you, know, you don't get bloated, you don't get diarrhea when you have uh, those trigger foods anymore, we can introduce some of those, uh, some of those foods in uh, more gradually into your diet. And, you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't, you shouldn't be super, you know, have, have some, some, you know, cheat foods every once in a while and feel good and not have, you know, your, your, your gut completely break down, your health completely fail. You know, I like to say, if you want to have a slice of pizza, you know, every, every, you know, couple of months or whatever it is, you know, for you that works. Um, I think that's I think that's okay, but working making sure that you're nice and strong and healthy. You know, in Chinese medicine, um, the different organ systems of the body are associated with different animals, and the energy of the of of those of those organ systems is associated with different traits of different animals. And the small intestine uh, is associated with the goat, and the goat is one of the animals that could eat anything. It could eat a can of you know a metal can of tuna and, and be fine. You know, just it, it can eat anything. It's totally strong, has a really strong, healthy gut. And I like to tell people that that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for a gut that can just tolerate anything. Um, but when you've, when you've been dealing with a lot of these chronic underlying root causes for a long time, you know, we really need to treat those first and make sure that those are out of the way and that, that, that you're really, before you really have a strong gut that can handle uh, some, of those, some of those other foods. So um, that's kind of my approach I take. Dr. Mark says we want a goat gut. yeah we want a strong goat gut that could eat anything yeah and i love that you mentioned of course uh, i i hate saying oh sometimes limiting grains and limiting legumes and limiting all these healthy foods can be important and beneficial but sometimes they can and i really truly believe it's not the food itself it's the inability to digest the food that's causing further inflammation in the gut and distress and then preventing you from healing your gut. So short-term restrictions sometimes are completely necessary. And I know it sucks, but like I said, they're short-term to reduce that inflammation. Sometimes you need easily, easily digestible foods. And I know a lot of people, especially my clients, they get kind of like sad when I'm like, okay, you have to reduce your salads in the raw vegetable intake, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you got to do what you got to do to reduce the roughage and reduce the inflammation. Yeah, I totally agree. And I would add to that, that what makes uh, a unique situation here in the United States is that we have a lot of GMO crops, which are completely covered and sprayed with something called glyphosate, which is a really toxic um, fertilizer that's used in a lot of these 
production a lot of the grains and legumes that we eat in the United States. And so, you know, in other countries, you know, I've had patients who say, oh, you know, I, you know, I go to Italy or I go to Europe on vacation, I can have the pasta and I can have the grains and I feel fine. Um, and I, I believe a lot of the reasons that is, is that those, those foods aren't sprayed with glyphosate. And glyphosate is so damaging, you know, it causes, you know, there was just a recent case, court case, where a man was awarded you know, millions of dollars because of lymphoma. He, a farmer who had, who had, um, had gotten uh, poisoning from glyphosate and had developed lymphoma. I mean, it, it causes cancer. It causes, um, you know, horrible things going on in the gut. And what people don't realize is GMO crops were designed to withstand glyphosate. So they're, they're designed so that they can withstand these pesticides and herbicides. And so they're sprayed with glyphosate and they're super, super high in that content. So anything, you know, even, even, uh, even fruits and vegetables, not even grains and legumes, but even just regular fruits and vegetables in the, in the uh, supermarket, that are not organic are going to be way higher in glyphosate, and so this is a really important uh, piece that a lot of people don't understand. You know, once if you're sensitive and you have uh, a lot of these underlying issues, you're going to be even more sensitive to glyphosate. But once we start healing the gut and strengthening your gut, you may be able to even withstand glyphosate uh, exposure and not have such strong reactions uh, in these types of grains and legumes, these types of foods. Um, but um, yeah, they're they're. In, at least in the short run, I find that it can be really healing to remove those foods uh, and work on more of this kind of paleolithic uh, type of diet. Yeah, if you have that heightened intestinal permeability, aka leaky gut, your immune system is not going to be able to combat the inflammation from glyphosate. Yeah. I truly believe it's not the GMO that's the issue. I think it's 100% the herbicides and the pesticides and the glyphosate that is sprayed on these. And I know I did a podcast like, wow, years ago. And I was like, oh, we don't know the long-term safety of glyphosate. I don't want to call it a demon yet because we didn't have many studies done. But we have had more and more and more pushed out showing the negative effects of it on our gut microbiome and our overall body and, you know, chronic disease risk. So Mm -hmm. I like to say, if you can, if it is soy, corn, grains, try and go organic, reduce your exposure, especially if you have a leaky gut. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I definitely say that as well. Um, yeah. And then of course, when it comes down to, I'm glad you mentioned like the people overseas, because I've had some clients that have moved from Italy or Crete or, really fascinating places, um, into the United States. And they're like, is this even bread? Like, (laughs) why do you guys bleach your bread? And I'm like, because we're stupid. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, they use, they use really great, healthy, ancient grains over there and they, you know, everything's organic and amazing and then their bodies can handle it and it's super healthy for them. And it's, you know, you know, grains are grains in and of themselves, nothing wrong with them. You know, some people can handle them really well and they can, they provide a lot of those really great, uh, you know, prebiotics and fiber for the gut, which is super, super important. You know, fiber, fiber is another, you know, another topic that, you know, about uh, with related to prebiotics, but fiber in and of itself is super, super important for maintaining healthy stools and for lowering colon cancer risk and, and bulking up the stool and, and, and really important for enterocytes. So, um, you know, fiber is important and grains provide a really, really great source of that. Um, it's just, you know, like we said, it's, it's the quality that's super important and where, where they're coming from. And when it comes down to fiber, you guys, diversity is your very best friend. I truly believe the best diet for your gut is one that has a variety of plants Mm -hmm. and a variety of fiber. That is what you want. The more variety that you have, the more diverse your microbiome will be. Yep. hundred percent. 
Um, you definitely want a variety of fibers, variety of, of fruits and vegetables to really feed those um, those important uh, gut bacteria, increase the butyrate, and yeah, it's super important. So just to throw in some really good prebiotic foods that I absolutely love, you're looking at chicory root, asparagus, jicama, bananas, peas, legumes, oats, any whole grains, of course, are great, garlic, onions, plantains. So there's some great prebiotics. I would say just just be very, very careful because I know a lot of people are like, oh, let me try this prebiotic supplement. Sometimes that can make you super gassy and bloating bloated, mm-hmm. especially if it has FOS or GOS mm-hmm. or inulin. So if you can, get your prebiotics, please, Lord, get them from real foods. Yeah. I also like to say um, apples, but eating the whole apple. I actually did a, a post about this recently. There's some studies that came out saying that the whole apple, even the core of the apple, the seeds and the core and the pit, um, eating that whole thing because there are 10 times more prebiotic and pre- prebiotic and probiotic species in the core of the apple than anywhere else. But make sure that it's organic apple. You don't want to, uh, apples are one of the, you know, dirty dozen fruits that, that are super high in, in, in pesticides and glyphosate. So you want to make sure you're getting a really good, high quality organic apple and you're eating the whole apple. Um, you know, some people are worried about the seeds. You know, they've heard that the seeds are toxic and they have cyanide, but the cyanide amount is super, super, super low. You would need to eat hundreds and hundreds of apples a day to get uh, anywhere near the amount of cyanide you would need to, to uh, poison yourself. And the benefits far, far outweigh the risks, in my opinion, for, for eating a whole apple. So um, I like that as a really great uh, prebiotic source as well. I love that. You guys don't miss the forest for the trees when it comes down to your fruits and vegetables. Don't try and stay away from them because you think they're quote unquote covered in pesticides when in reality, organic versus non-organic are still sprayed in pesticides. So just wash them, just wash them and eat them, please. Yeah, making sure. I mean, I, I like to say, or you know, I like to tell patients if they can get organic, um, you know, with some, some some people that's that's a luxury that they, you know, really can't, uh, can't afford. So make sure to clean, clean your fruit. Um, is a great tip uh, to getting getting the uh, some of those the wax and the and the pesticides off the off your fruit. So yeah. Well, this has been such a fantastic conversation, and I'm so thankful that you've been on my podcast. You've been here to share your wisdom and your expertise. So, Dr. Mark, please tell me what is one piece of advice that you could give anybody to feel like their very best self. Um, I think. Stress, working on stress, and med- I think med- meditation is probably the the most overlooked tool um, that uh, anyone can use to really improve their their health by leaps and bounds. You know, learning to meditate, uh, learning different ways to to reduce stress is going to be so so huge. You know, if your your body could be su- super super healthy and you know everything you could do everything per- perfect, but if you're super stressed about it and you're super you know anal about everything and you're just you're very very methodical about everything and super super stressed. It's it's gonna you know you're 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 kind of fighting against yourself you're you know you're gonna be providing even more uh, negative uh, than than positive with with your overall health you know decreasing stress decreasing cortisol uh, is is so important increasing epinephrine increasing um, you know your well your sense of well being your health um, those feel good neurotransmitters it's so so important um, so I would encourage everyone for your gut health and for your overall health to really really try and, and work on some some great stress reduction. I love meditation. Some people like yoga. Some people like um, 
you know, different forms of exercise as well can be really meditative. But uh, that would be my number one uh, tip for people. I love that. Stress reduction. I have been there and told myself, you know, oh, you don't need that. (laughs) Shot myself in the foot. (laughs) You don't have time for that. Please prioritize time for stress management. Yeah, it's so important. It's it's the, the number one, I would say. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you and follow you because you are awesome. And also you have a new Instagram for skin health, which I'm super stoked about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you can find me at uh, Dr. Underscore Mark Ivanitsky, uh, my website, drmarkivanitsky.com. And I just started a skincare. Uh, I, it's a secret passion of mine is working on skincare. And it's also super, super related to gut health. You know, the skin and the gut are just one giant organ. People like to think of them as separate things, but we're just giant donuts that have that bacteria living on the outside surfaces of our body and the skin and the gut form one giant uh, piece of that. So anything that's going to affect the gut is going to affect the skin and uh, vice versa as well. So I, I think skin health is super, super important and uh, I'm, I'm really passionate about it. So yeah, I just started a new skincare Instagram work on that one. It's hard. It's hard managing two <laughs> Instagrams. Um, so, uh, but I'm doing my best, and we'll try and post more there on there as well. But uh, yeah, you can find me. Uh, I'm pretty active on both those, and so yeah. I love it. In the meantime, you guys, please stop slathering hand sanitizers all over your hands that are depleting your skin microbiome that affects your gut microbiome. Please use yeah. real soap. Yes, yes, totally agree with Fragrant, that. Fragrance, fragrance free. All natural, clean, safe soap. I know that's terrible. It's like, now (laughs) you have to focus on your soap, but you need to. Totally agree with that. Yeah, that's super important. Skin health does relate to gut health. And uh, putting on toxic products on your skin is going to affect your gut. And it's going to affect the microbiome as well. So, yeah. That's a whole, we can talk about that. It's a whole, whole I know, topic. right? I am a, oh, I love me some skincare. Actually, prior to this podcast, I was <laughs> looking up my newest moisturizer. And of course, I spent an hour doing that because I'm crazy. So, <laughs> you guys, skincare episode definitely in the works. I'll make it happen. But thank you so much, Dr. Mark, for coming on board. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. You too. Thanks so much for having me, Lacey. And yeah, have a great rest of your day.